Welcome to the Kickstart Garage, where we want to inspire and educate the leaders of tomorrow. Join us as we learn from the best in the business. Welcome back to the Kickstart Garage. I'm your host, Sam John Byrne. And on today's show, I'm going to take you through possibly one of the best investment books I've ever read with absolutely the worst title for a book. It's called You Can Be a Stock Market Genius uncover the secret hiding places of the stock of stock market profits by Joel Greenblatt. Now you may have heard me mention Joel Greenblatt on the podcast numerous of times from his other books, the little book that beats the market, which specifically focused on quantitative investing. Again, another great book with a horrendous title. Um, in this book, Joel goes through particular special situations that led to outstanding performance. During the period of 1985 to 1994, he was able to achieve a 50% annualized return. In January of 1995, he returned all capital to outside partners, which was approximately 500 million. Since this book was published, various funds have jumped on these strategies, which has led to diminishing returns in aggregate. However, there's still opportunity in these situations. You just have to look more closely. In fact, uh, we'll get onto it a bit later, but um, there's a company called L Brands. You may not have heard of it, but I'm sure you've definitely heard of their subsidiary, which is Victoria's Secrets. And as of right now, um, coming August, Victoria's Secrets will be spinning or spinning off from L Brands. Now, later on in the episode, you'll see why that might be a lucrative investment opportunity. So keep that in mind and you might be able to use it as a uh, case study um, after listening to this episode. Anyway. I just want to give you a bit of background on Joel Greenblatt, um, if you haven't heard of him before. So, uh, Joel is a well-known investor uh, among uh, the, uh, the investment community, and not just for his you know stellar performance, but also his contributions uh, to the community. Also, uh, one great resource that Joel set up that I frequently use on a weekly basis for finding new ideas or gathering information is Value Investors Club, and there was a study done by um, study done. I think back in 2012, that proved that members of the community outperformed the market as a whole. There's also a bi-monthly $5,000 award to those who provide the best write-up. In fact, legendary investor Michael Burry used to publish on the site and uh, some of his old write-ups are still there. So I definitely recommend you check them out. Um, Gotham Capital, um, which is uh, run by Joel Greenblatt, also fronted one million to fund Burry's firm, Scion Capital, accumulating around twenty five percent of the shares, which nearly ended up, which yeah, I think they nearly ended up suing, or Gotham Capital nearly ended up suing um, Scion Capital, um, because Burry refused um, investors to access funds during the credit default swap trade back in um, the the housing crisis, uh, so. Uh, Joel is also uh, an alumnus of the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and adjunct, adjunct, yeah, adjunct, uh, professor at Columbia University Graduate School of Business alongside his partner, uh, Robert Goldstein, he, he, who he runs uh, Gotham Capital with. Anyway, jumping back to the book, as I mentioned, Joel made incredible returns investing in special situations. And in the book, these special situations are covered in great detail with accompanying case studies of trades that he made that were very successful and some and some trades that weren't successful. So you'll be able to learn from his mistakes also. He goes through exactly how he'd find them, the information he needed to build a case for investing and the general investing tips along the way. 
it's a really comprehensive guide and I'm consistently rereading this book when it comes to these special situations. Uh, so these corporate situations that he goes through in the book, um, which we'll cover on this podcast are there's spin-offs, merger securities, bankruptcies, restructurings, rights offerings, risk arbitrage, merger securities, and recapitalizations. Now we've got a lot of ground to cover, so we'll get straight into it. A good chunk of this book is dedicated to spin-offs. One of the most lucrative corporate events would be spin-offs. So it's unsurprising that a large chunk of this book is dedicated to them. Joel highlights from a study that even just buying a portfolio of spin-offs led to market outperformance. Times have changed though since those words were wrote. Ever since the book was published, spin-offs have underperformed in aggregate, which could be as a result of money managers eradicating the value gap since this book was published. But if you're an active investor doing a bit of research, um, doing a bit of research can help you find the ones that may outperform. So for those of you that are unaware, a spin-off is where a corporation takes a subsidiary, a division, or just part of a business and separates it from the parent company by creating a new independent freestanding company. In most cases, shares of the spin-off company are distributed or sold to the parent company's existing shareholders. So to understand why spin-offs outperform, it's important to understand why they're spun off and there are various reasons. Um, so here's just a few. Unrelated businesses may be separated via spin-off transaction. So uh, the separate business can uh, be better appreciated by the market as well as the parent. Um, this is where individual companies are better than the sum of their parts. Uh, another reason may be that there may be a desire to separate out a bad business so that the good business can show true to investors. It's another way of giving value to shareholders for the business that can't be easily sold. And also, this is one of the most important reasons, in my opinion, and one that I often see as the reason why they occur. It solves a strategic antitrust or regulatory issue, paving the way for, um, for other objectives and transactions of the parent company. Now that we understand why they happen, why do spin-offs outperform? Um, it really comes down to how the spin-off process occurs. So when a company is spun off, the shares aren't sold on the open market. They're given to the existing shareholders of the parent company. It's spinning off, as, it's spinning off from on a pro-rata basis. Typically, these shareholders are only interested in investing in the parent company and as a result, the shares are instantly sold without any regard to the fundamental value when they're given to the parent company shareholders. So institutions will also sell the shares as they're too small to hold. All this selling usually leads to a depressed stock price below the company's fundamental value. Uh, on top of that, the spun-off company lacks analyst coverage, which makes other investors hesitant to own it. Um, so there are many reasons why spin-offs outperform, but the underlying theme is that when a company is spun off, there's a there's better incentive for management of the new company to perform well through um, a mixture of accountability, responsibility, and direct incentives. There are other unique factors covered in case in the case studies in the book, which I, I definitely recommend you check them out. Uh, you typically hear about spin-offs through, you know, reading financial newspapers. I've actually got a, a a bookmark on my browser from the Financial Times. I think they do like these things called shreds. And it tells me sp specifically uh, news about any news regarding spin-offs. So you can get that set up for yourself. It's, it's, it's just a great shortcut to have. But once you stumble upon one, then you just have to wait for the files with the SEC to find out the details of the transaction. This would be more so a, uh, sorry, this is a, um, a form 1012B. 
in terms of like international companies, I actually wouldn't be too sure myself, but it's something to look into. Um, right now I'm tuned up. So as I said, I'm tuning into the Alp brands, spinning off Victoria's Secret, Rest Secret, which is meant to occur um, in August. So yeah, if you're, if you're interested in seeing a real case study, make sure to check that one out. And um, there's a few people talking about it on value investing forums, uh, on Reddit and Seeking Alpha. So you can get up to speed on the narrative there. But uh, one last thing before I move on to the next piece is to pay attention to what insiders are doing in relation to the spinoff. Is the management of the parent company taking a stake in the spinoff venture? Um, if so, uh, that's another strong indicator that the spinoff is likely to perform because the reason why insiders buy is that they believe the stock is going to go up. So that's an, it's an important point and not something to skim over. Um, always, always keep an eye out for that. Anyway, the next special situation lies in merger securities, which comes as a result of mergers and acquisitions. Usually when one company purchases another company, the consideration involved is usually cash or shares. But sometimes particular securities are involved to ensure that the deal goes ahead. Uh, other times these merger securities would be involved when the purchaser doesn't want to issue more shares or raise more cash. These other types of securities can include, say, preferred stocks, a variety of bonds, uh, warrants uh, and rights. And just like spinoffs, nobody wants these securities. Some institutions are prohibited from even owning them. So they're just sold with no regard to fundamental value. And as a result, um, just like before, the price becomes depressed, hopefully to a point below what they're actually worth. Again, you can find situations like this by just reading forums, financial news, talking to friends and family. Once you hear about it, start digging and see what you can find. In this section of the book, also uh, Greenblatt mentions to stay away from risk arbitrage. One rule of thumb to being a good investor is just avoiding doing the wrong thing. It's like Charlie Munger would say, all I want to know is where I'm going to die, so I'll never go there. So for investors, this is one of those areas. So let's assume company A wants to acquire company B for $100 and the share price of the company B before the announcement was $50. But after the announcement, it shoots up to 98, right? Uh, a risk arbitrator will, uh, will purchase company B at $98 and hold until the deal is done to pocket a $2 difference. So there's two huge risks with this. One, the deal doesn't go through for a ream of reasons, right? There's any number of reasons this deal might not go through. If this happens, the downside can be huge. Take, take this example, for instance, the downside is $98, but the upside is two. Doesn't really scream value to you. And um, the second risk is time. The acquisition or merger can take a while to go through. And in the meantime, you have capital tied up in a deal where anything can happen. So focus on merger securities and forget about risk arbitrage. Okay, so the next one we got is bankruptcies. Yeah you can make a lot of money in bankruptcies. In the early stages of bankruptcy proceedings, there is so little information on the field, um, like mer merger arbitrage is so crowded that it's not worth getting involved in. But once the company emerges from the bankruptcy proceedings, the holders of the bank debt, bond debt, and trade claims don't usually get paid in cash, but instead are given securities in exchange for the pre-bankruptcy claims. Now, this is not a long-term investment because companies that go into bankruptcy are often in unattractive industries and often don't have capital to compete and um, even after shedding the debt obligations which is why the holders of the new post-bankruptcy securities are likely to sell these securities soon uh, soon after the underlying business may remain justifiably cheap however as these securities may be attached uh, as these securities may be attached to the bad business 
Um, other times though, they could be attached to a good business that just over leveraged and there may be an opportunity there. So, you know, just be choosy with the um, emerging uh, bankruptcy stocks that you, that you pick. Next, restructuring. So corporate restructuring is another way, as another area where extraordinary changes, now ones that don't always occur under the best of circumstances can create investment opportunities. This can include where a company may sell or shut down an entire division um, there would be say a, a, this now this would be a big division in relative to the size of the company. The reason why they these may be valuable is that the vision being sold off or shut down could have been holding back the true performance of the company. So let me give you an example. Um, imagine a conglomerate that makes say four dollars in earnings, right? And it's made up of three divisions, right? So you got division A making say two dollars. Um, division B making $5 and Division C making a loss of $3, okay? Now, let's say the company decides to shut down or sell Division C. Then the company's earnings will take a leap to $7 per share, and this will most likely lead to an increase in the price. In addition, management can now focus on the more profitable divisions, uh, which is likely to even lead to better results in the future because the Division C that was loss-making isn't holding back or isn't holding back management, first of all, and um, resources. So finally, we got a uh, recapitalization. So in a recapitalization, a company may buy back their equity securities in exchange for debt or preferred securities. And investors who are holding the stock would likely not want these securities and sell them without much thought. This is a familiar piece, but the other reasons recapitalizations are interesting is because um, this is, a, like investing in equity of a leveraged buyout where the immense leverage can work in the investor's favor if operations improve. These are also called stub stocks. Um, in this section, Greenblatt also talks about leaps and warrants uh, that could be used in a, sim a similar way. So they're the main special situations highlighted in the book. Greenblatt also offers a blueprint to dealing with special situations. So, you know, th this is what he the side advice that he recommends in the book. Do your own due, due diligence and don't just go off what somebody else told you or has said. You need to understand the narrative. Pay attention to insiders as in all investments. When insiders have skin in the game, uh, you'll have your interests aligned. Pick your spots and concentrate. These special situations don't come often and they don't appear to outperform in aggregate anymore. So once you find one, you've got a strong conviction in it. Make it count and bet big. Once you have the money distributed in around, say, six to eight situations, you'll be sufficiently diversified, according to Greenblatt. Um, so overall, it's honestly a great book and probably one that targets a, a novice uh, a novice investor uh, with the title, but it's definitely not the right book for a novice, in my opinion. I'd highly recommend you pick it up if you are more experienced with investing, um, if you haven't already. Anyway, that's that's it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, uh, please share it with your friends, family, whoever. If you'd like to be notified uh, of the latest episodes as they fall due, uh, be sure to follow us on social media or you can subscribe to the newsletter. That's all for now and we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Kickstart Garage. This show is for entertainment purposes only. This show is for entertainment purposes only. No one on the show has provided investment advice. The information provided by the Kickstart Garage podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The opinions and views expressed on the Kickstart Garage podcast or those of the participants do not reflect those of the host or sponsors. The
Kickstart Garage, its producers, sponsors, hosts, and guests shall not be liable for losses resulting from the investment decisions based upon the opinions or viewpoints presented on the Kickstart Garage. <laughs>